a free paper. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, guess what? It's telling me we're lying. Oh, hey. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> well, we got to come. We're actually live, but we don't have to be on the air till seven. So, over. Hey, folks, we're on the air anyway. Right. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. Since we're on the air, why don't we go ahead and uh, and roll credit and let's get into this puppy, let's okay? <laughs> you got it. Uh, oh, and um, uh, Master Fawn, we will we will call you Master Fawn tonight. We're not going to let it. It's our secret, okay? We're not going to let out the secret. <laughs> Folks, we'll be right back after this because we're here anyway. What the hell? We right? may as well play. <laughs> It's four o'clock in Los Angeles, California. It's six o'clock in Chicago, Illinois, and in New York City. It's 7 p.m. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Mad Dog Scipio. Joined as I am each and every week by the Pitbull, Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman. And this is What's the Buzz America's Podcast. Tonight, we're joined by a very special guest. I call him the Inquiring Mind. We're just going to call him Master Fun. How are you, Master Fun? Welcome to the show. Good evening, and thank you for inviting me. Nice to have you. He's very welcome. Welcome to the show. Soft-spoken young man he is. But he's very bright, very deep. Amelia, what have you been up to over the weekend? I haven't seen you since, what, like last Tuesday. Right, right. No, I'm just uh, getting stuff ready for our show this week and uh, behaving. (laughs) Trying to, anyway. Well, I mean, like, uh, other than that, like, what have you been up to? I mean, you're oh, like, just getting ready stuff working? for Mother's Day and uh, getting some stuff ready for, um, okay, stuff ready for everything. <laughs> okay, ring cleaning, anyway. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, good. So, Master Fun, how, how was your weekend? What did you do this weekend? Um, didn't read any good Whenever in Philadelphia. Oh, good. Good for you. He's the only guy I know, and I have to say this in all disclosure. I know this gentleman. I, I know his real name, which I will not disclose. Um, he's quite the character. He's quite adventurous. He doesn't have a pot to piss in or a dime to his name, but he manages somehow. I don't know how he does it. He manages to like go, just go places. I want to find out how he does it, because I'm going to take a road trip with him one day. I've been asking Reverend Steve to come on one for a while, and he's just never made the time. Well, I'm all going to... He'll listen to me. We got an idea. I'm his uncle. He will listen to me. Uh, he's yeah, been sure. busy getting those chickens and giving those eggs you know, away to people. So, What's that mean? <laughs> he's been busy with those chickens. I know that. Oh, the chickens. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Please. Mm-hmm. On tonight's show, we are going to take the deep dive. We're going to be here for a little while tonight, folks. Oh, yes. 
We are going headlong into <laughs> the Matrix and the Mandela. I call this the Matrix-Mandela paradox. And for lack of a better word, it's the Mandela effect on steroids. Uh, Mandela meets the Matrix. Interesting proposition. What happens when you take the Matrix, throw in a little Mandela, and then add just a touch of paradigm shift? What happens then? What do you end up with? Well, what you end up with is a hot mess. That's what you end up with. So let me go right to Master Fawn on this one because I'm, first of all, I'm chomping at the bit to hear what your, your thoughts on this are. So let's go to you on this and tell me what do you think is happening here? All right. Well, you've got a few things going that you've mentioned. And paradigm shift, hey, let me ask you to clarify what you mean by that. A paradigm shift in a shift in time. In that time itself has moved. And we, I will say this before, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I will say this, we have absolute fact. Factual and, and without hesitation without equivocation we have absolute a factual basis and proof to suggest to not only suggest but to show that time has moved okay can you explain what that would even mean the earth itself has shifted almost 13 degrees on its axis That's why, why, well, here's the thing. That's why you no longer have January, February, and March covered in snow. That's why you now have July, August, and September as the new summer months, even into October. It shifted by about six to seven weeks, time-wise. Yeah. So we're talking about a 13-degree shift that has physically been manifest in the Earth. In what saying we lost 16 weeks? Lost or gained, depending on how you want to look at it. And that's an interesting Uh question. Uh I'm I'm glad you say that. And it's interesting that you say lost. Some people think we've gained. Some think some people believe that this paradigm shift has thrown us into the future. For I will give you some beautiful classic examples, courtesy of the pit bull tonight, of exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, there's no better. Uh, no better place than to go there right now. Right. <laughs> I, this is going to be kind of our, our first show and tell. So, without any further ado, let's take a look at this. Effects that are sure to blow your mind, part two. In this video, we're going to talk about Mandela effects in TV shows and music. Now, you may or may not remember the popular 1950s TV show, I Love Lucy. But I'm sure you'll remember the famous phrase uttered by Ricky Ricardo every time that Lucy got in trouble. What do you remember Ricky Ricardo saying to Lucy? Number one, Lucy, you have some explaining to do. Number two, 
Lucy, you have some explaining to do. Or number three, I think I'm entitled to a little bit of an explanation as to what is going on. Okay. What do you think it was? Oh, I know what it was. Tell me. I say it. It's number two. Lucy, you have some explaining to do. to do. Yes, I say it. I, I, when I walk in the house, I'll say it. I say it to my wife all the time. <laughs> Poor Anita. <laughs> Let's see what Ricky actually said. Let's see what he actually said. Pause the video if you don't want to hear the answer yet. If you selected number two, Lucy, you have some explaining to do, then you're wrong. Here, let's listen to what Ricky actually said. Now, Mrs. Ricard, if you don't mind, I think that I am entitled to a little bit of an explanation of what is going on here. The answer is number three. Well, she's uh, she's right in 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 a very small sense. Mm-hmm. Ricky did say that on one episode of I Love Lucy. But on four episodes and only four episodes mm-hmm. of I Love Lucy, did Ricky Ricardo, played brilliantly by real life husband Desi Arnaz, did he actually say, Lucy, you have some explaining to do? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he said. So, yes. They're both right. But I think the way this, and and Amelia and I have talked about this, I think the way this video is tailored is to kind of play a mind fuck on you. Uh, But hmm. but it's not really a true mind fuck. Let's let's continue. Ricky Ricardo never said, Lucy, you have some splaining to do. I think that's pretty well been um, proven wrong. Because mm-hmm. I have the video where he actually does say, Lucy, you have some explaining to do. Up next, we have the movie Grease. Now, when you think back, how does the song Grease Lightning? Master Fun, yeah, you're familiar, your film. My you're... mother made me watch that movie when I was younger. I know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then you'll remember exactly how it went, right? Uh-huh. Let's take a look. begin if you're like me you remember it beginning why this car is automatic it's systematic it's hydromatic why it's grease lightning right here let's listen why this car is automatic it's systematic it's hydromatic why it's grease lightning well apparently it's never gone like that now let's watch evidently it's never gone like that let's listen a clip from the movie Grease where John Travolta says it. Now look at this. But this car could be systematic, hydromatic, ultramatic. Why could be Grease Lightning? I'm sorry. Okay. Now, tell me if uh, we're all losing our collective fucking minds or. Are, is edit, are editors today across the world having a ball with our television, with our film, with everything else? I will tell you, Master Fawn. Could AI be rewriting our internet and our history and we just are living in a delusion? Well, I'm going to, I'm, you 
you know, it's out of the uh-huh. what is it? Out of the mouths of babes come gems. Okay, uh-huh. because you just opened up the Pandora's box. Um, <laughs> I know at le- I know one of the people who rewrote the internet. Three college students, literally over a drunken weekend. I'm not even making this up because uh-uh. I've talked about it on on this show, on the psychic realm. I've uh-huh. talked about it on Wrestling with the Future. I've talked about it on any number of shows I've hosted. I know these people. I know what they did. Over a drunken weekend, they hijacked the internet. And they just had at it for four days. I remember that. The big DNS debacle. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, well, I knew the players. At least one of them anyway. Okay? Okay. Let's listen. Sorry, but no. Just no. Up next, we have... It's never been that. It's always been this car is systematic. Automatic, hydromatic. Why it's grease light? Not could be grease lightning. That was an outtake from the film that you just saw. It was not included in the original motion mm-hmm. picture. What was actually included in the original motion picture was: while wow, this car is automatic, this car is systematic, this car is. Hydromatic. Mm-hmm. Why it's grease lightning? Go grease lightning, burning up the quarter of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just got me to sing. <laughs> That's what you saw, okay? Mm-hmm. You saw an outtake. So again, they're playing a bit of a mind fuck. This is Michael Jackson. The song Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. In this song, who told Michael Jackson to be careful who you love and be careful what you do? Was it one, his mother, two, his mama, or three, his father? Was it mama always told me be careful what you do? Was it that, Amelia? Was it yes. mother always told me be careful who you choose? And then also it says, or was it father? So it was mother, mama, or father. How about you, Master Fon? I had no idea. I never listened to Michael Jackson. Well, I I remember I watched the clip and everything like that, so I do I do know the answer. So, um, it was actually Mama. Pause the video if you don't want to hear the answer. And you would be wrong, Amelia. Mm-hmm. You would be wrong. It's not uh, Mama always told me. But in the other clip, it says mama. mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have a um, we have a bit of a dilemma here because mm-hmm. I heard the song mm-hmm. and it said mama. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar now, with the song, hearing it on mm-hmm. the radio, and I do believe that that is the lyric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mama. Mama always told me. It wasn't mother always told me. Mm-mm. Now, I don't know where the, who inserted mother, but you know, with AI, mm-hmm. it's easy to rewrite our history. It's easy yes. to rewrite music. Sure. I could put words in your mouth right now. Do you know that? And oh, make yeah. your lips move. And it, we did a whole Are show. Are you familiar with Chat GPT? Sorry. 
Yeah, we did. Uh, we did an entire show, Amelia and mm-hmm. I. Yes. Uh, on the deep fake. Mm-hmm. Deep fake. I could put words in Donald Trump's mouth and make him say what I want him to say. We've seen it happen. Yep, you heard it right. He now says mother. So if you said mother, congratulations, you got it right. But if you're like me and remember him saying mama, my brain hurts. You guys know what we're looking at? You are looking at the paradigm shift. You're looking at time moving. That's a portal. That's a portal to another dimension. Some people Do they believe even know that, where. Uh, there's strong belief that it's the uh, the gateway to hell. Uh, and I'm going to show you a video when we do our CERN episode of literally uh, a I can't, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you. I assure you. I can't make this up. I'm he going to show. I am going to show a video on this program of a satanic ritualistic dance being performed literally at CERN headquarters in front of a literal portal to hell. You can't make this up. I can't not make this up. Please, I assure you. Join me for that show. Watch. Yep. Well. So, anyways, now, um, yeah, that's um, that's pretty healthy stuff. What do you think? I would love to know way more about that. That whole very last video right there like wow by the time i'm done with you you're going to be an expert trust me it's scary stuff more than you want to um let's take a look at again another example of what people are calling a glitch in the matrix um the first time we heard the term glitch in the matrix amelia you want to give it a guess when do you think i would say probably 1903 maybe in the early 1900s 1900s early 1900s you're you're in the right part of the century i'll tell you that 1903 maybe Uh, i'll i'll say you're in you're in the right part of the century uh master fun when do you think the first time we heard the term glitch in the matrix I, I'm going to say, like, be like the, everybody else and say when the movie popularized it. Uh, actually, no. Um, Amelia, you're actually closer in terms of years. Mm-hmm. The first time the world heard the term a glitch in the matrix, it was given to us by a television host and producer and writer named Rod Serling. It was first heard on the Twilight Zone in Mm -hmm. 1957. In 1957 is when the very first term 
everyone for the first time heard that term, a glitch in the matrix. Okay, it, it, don't forget what mm -hmm. Rod Serling was a science fiction writer. Yes, that's what he wrote. Yeah, um, did, did you know that they're making that show again? They're re redoing that show with the different actors, but a yeah, host. they are. They they're doing the the. I actually believe it, it. It may actually be out already. Yeah, we're actually watching some shows already on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Master Fawn, are you a, um, a a big fan of that kind of television? I I, I dabble in all kinds of sci-fi. Like there was a show in the '90s known as Sliders. I don't know if you yeah. remember that. Sure. Um that got me into a lot of the physics and things like that i had a friend who was into nuclear physics so we would talk about if this was possible like how we would actually even build yeah. a device to do it it was actually kind of cool like there's actually been people that tried to develop this it's interesting you you mentioned the show sliders amelia and i talked about it about three weeks ago when we did our show on uh, kind of quantum physics I, i'm a big quantum leap fan Mm -hmm. from the it's original true. the original yeah, with scott bacula mm -hmm. with the with um scott bacula uh, dean, dean stockwell and the scott bacula mm -hmm. yeah that's going He'll always be enterprise to me <laughs> yeah right exactly mm -hmm. so we'll see where his head is at <laughs> well i want to show um before i, I show another because we got some some videos to show um, I want to get into uh, Amelia a little bit. You and I, uh, you more so than I, but uh, I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately. You, you're on TikTok every day at some point for some time every day, right? Throughout the day when I can. How much, if you were to estimate um, the volume of content, how much content by volume does this subject matter consume on TikTok? I would say if it depends on what your likes are, because you they they put on there this you might like, you might like, and then you click no, on for, it. Yes. Forget that. Oh well, I would say I'm talking about, in in general general terms. About seventy five percent, probably. Of I, that, I was hoping you would say about yeah. 75 I was hoping you'd say around b between 70 mm -hmm. and 80 percent because my slim research onto mm -hmm. TikTok and I'm really a novice at TikTok. Mm -hmm. But my slim uh, investigation of TikTok has yielded at least at least 70 percent by volume. And I think I'm pretty close and it's growing and growing. Yeah, and growing, but and growing rapidly. Very rapidly, people are finding out so much. Stuff. To understand that we're not talking here about science fiction. I feel like whenever I come on this show, I'm much more of a teacher than I am a host, and that's going to be that's a great segue, by the way, because I'm that's going to be my new role here. Amelia and I uh, have decided that this show will be more of an educational forum and a kind of student and teacher exercise. And that's why I wanted the Master Fawn here because he is kind of the young squire 
with the inquiring well you are young you're the youngest guy here i don't feel young you're you're the youngest person you're younger <laughs> than a million I'll take the compliment i'm gonna be 40 <laughs> in june <laughs> oh yeah he's younger than me then <laughs> well yeah you're young you're younger than her you're younger than me by a long shot <laughs> but so you are you're i mean i just call he's just a kid Mm-hmm. But let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. When did you become fascinated by all things quantum physics? Yeah. Do you want the honest truth to that? Yes. No, I want you to lie. I, okay. Well, in 19, no, um, when I was actually in high school, I really didn't believe the moon landing happened and I didn't believe the answers that they told me. It, a lot of the things written in the books contradicted themselves. And I just. What if I were to tell you, Master Fun, that I have a video of Buzz Aldrin confessing that the moon landings never happened? I would love to see that. Okay. Before this show is over, you and the rest of the country will see that. Because I have it. Amelia, tell me if I'm lying. He has it. He has it. So this you is, continue. You say this was going to be about, an interesting night. I want you to. I want you to tell everybody how you got started, and I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull up your video. Me? Yeah. Talk. Okay. Yes. Talk. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, I first got into a scientist who was talking about the moon being a plasma ball and that it wasn't even a solid mass. Um, and it found that there were some videos of things like the moon wave. I don't know if you're familiar with the wave effect when looking at the moon. Um, and people were talking about how it may be a holographic figure. Then I started actually looking that in history, the moon didn't appear in literature until rather recently in human literature. It, it's actually right. as if it just appeared out of nowhere and no one talks about that. And so I just started digging deeper into questions because no one seemed to, and every time you asked a question, they said, you're crazy. Why are you even looking at that? Yeah. Like, so there, and it just kept a snowball effect from, even questioning, does the space station exist? Like, I have some serious questions that, how do you, you can't air condition a, a, the building. You have seven people and all of this equipment running. How do you vent the heat? Um, just some basic, simple questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Mill? You have an answer for him? I, well, the moon, I mean, it's just basically nobody's been able to get up there because it's just so... There's no wind, there's no oxygen. Nobody's been able to be up there, really. And they're not going to be up there because as soon as you, I think, what'd you say, Angel, when you hit the atmosphere, it uh, there's a lot of, uh, what is it, a gas or something? What did you say it was that you'll explode or what was it that you said? Oh, the Van Allen radiation belt. Yes, yeah. The red, yeah, you'll burn as soon as you hit it. You won't be able to yeah. get anywhere past that. So there's yeah. no way that you can go anywhere at that. And as far as uh, them, anyone going anywhere to the moon, you can't. I mean, nobody's been able to do any of that. Yeah. Not even the rocket. They even have proof where we should go up there, uh, pass the Earth or something like that. Everything melts. So it's like not even part uh, of that. It will not be on you. 
Oh, he's you want to talk about, you know, a, a Hedron Collider. This, oh, here we go. We're good? Mm -hmm. Are we back? Yes. yes, I can hear you. Are we Are we back? Yes. Okay, good. All right. Just want, I just want to make sure because, you know, we are, um, we have a little bit of a delay here. We got about a five-second delay. Uh, I don't know why, but we do. Um, mm -hmm. I did find that video. I'm going to, I'm going to play it before the show is out. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play the whole thing too at the end of the show. But before I do that, um, I want to show everybody something that I came upon. There it is. Hot damn. I want to show everybody something I came upon, uh, very recently, and it struck me as vaguely familiar. I'm thinking to myself, where did I hear this story before? And then I went, ah, television. There's a show called Manifest. You guys familiar with the show? I've seen that years ago. Guess what? I found the real true story that that show was based on. Let's take a look. Flight 914 traveled 37 years into the future. In the summer of 1955, passengers boarded a plane that took off from New York to Florida. The flight was only supposed to take three hours, but once it was over the Atlantic Ocean, the plane disappeared off the radar without a trace. Hours passed and the rescue team was sent to find the plane, but their efforts were futile and it was later assumed that Pan Am Flight 914 had crashed. The airlines declared the case closed until 37 years later in Venezuela when an air traffic controller, Juan de la Corte. By the way, all documented, all verified, absolutely proof positive this actually happened. Let's continue. Identified a mystery plane claiming to be Flight 914, requesting permission to land in Miami, Florida. The authorities were called and the plane landed safely. However, after realizing what year it was, the captain, still in shock, yelled over the radio to stay away, frantically started up the plane and took off into the horizon and was never seen again. That is why many people are wondering, how did... That's, um... That's a that's manifest. Mm -hmm. That's the true story of manifest. And that of course, really happened. yeah, it really happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it actually happened. For all we know, that plane is still circling somewhere. Somewhere, you know, it actually happened. Proof positive, documented. They have it on radar. They've got the radar film. You know, the, 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 what are you called that? Um, yeah, that little thing where it shows them the plane. The, yeah. The oscillograph. They have the mm -hmm. oscillograph. I had to think of the name. Mm -hmm. um, they have the oscillograph of the radar. You can't make that up. So what happened? How did that? What, what, what were you saying? What happened was the plane from 1955 mm -hmm. that took off and should have had about a three hour flight took 37 years to land where was it between then and now by the way no one on the aircraft aged they were all wearing the same clothing mm -hmm. this every person to the person on mm -hmm. that aircraft was exactly as they left 
three, according to them, three hours prior, three to four hours prior. They find out that they're not only are they in the future, but they're 37 years in the future. The pilot snapped as you would expect them to. His mind just went on bizarro world. Okay. He starts his plane. He taxis down the runway. He takes off out into the wild blue yonder and never seen again. Wow. Still don't know. Whatever happened on that plane, no way to track him. No reports of an air crash. No reports of a plane crash at sea. No reports of a plane crashed in the mountains or the jungles. Nowhere. Nowhere on the globe. Do you hear what I'm saying? It didn't just disappear. It disappeared with no trace. Okay. It's gone. Like it's gone. How do you explain that, Neil? Do you think it's a a case of MK Ultra gone wrong? Oh, interesting proposition. What do you think of that, Master Fon? MK Ultra. Isn't that wasn't that what they thought was the Kennedy thing where Oh, they know factually that was the Kennedy thing, yeah, but you'll never You'll never get to them, but they know. Yeah, we can talk about that if you want. Mm-hmm. Well, that, done, I mean, that's what you know how many shows we've done on John Kennedy on the show here. Please, <laughs> never we ending. Got more lined up. We got more I lined t- up. I have to tell you about the time I was down there in Dallas and actually was looked around there. It was actually cool. Um, no, I guess I don't know. I, I, I guess. This treads into an area like where uh, could they still be in wherever they were? They obviously had fuel still for that 37 yeah. years, wherever they were. They well, didn't age. That's a, that's a very, can I, I want to pick up on what you just said. That's a brilliant point. They had fuel, a full tank of fuel. Don't forget, they just fueled up. They were about to go about three hours from, um, oh gosh, from, um, from Florida to um, where the hell was it? They were going, I think, up to Florida. I think it was. Or something oh, like that. they were go- they were about to go to fly to Florida. Mm-hmm. It was Florida about was three there. hours from wherever they were. Um, so they land. They think they're in Florida because don't. It's only been a couple hours, right? It's been thirty-seven years. Correct. Right, so now he lands his plane. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, um, whatever, blah, this is your captain speaking. You can uh, deboard the plane now, yada, yada, yada. Um, not so fast, Cap. They get a phone call. I'm not a phone call, but they get uh, a, a, um, a radio uh, thing. Air that. traffic control says uh, um, uh, aircraft number, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is air traffic control. Um, Stay on the runway. We'll come down and meet you. So they come down and they talk to him and he freaks out. And uh, he turns, he starts the plane up with them on it. They had to get the hell off. Now, don't forget back in those days, the doors just pulled up. Not like now. They didn't have jumbo jets and 747s. 
They had prop planes. That's what the, we're talking about, a prop plane. That, that was a high-tech airplane back in, you know, in 1954, 55. That was it's very reminiscent of the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, that's another thing we've done here. Yeah, we'll talk. Actually, let's talk about that. That's ex- that's a great point. The Philadelphia experiment was the quintessential glitch in the Matrix. It's also the quintessential time travel story. Okay, it's also the quintessential Mandela effect, in that many people don't ever believe it ever happened. We have proof positive that it did. We have absolute proof positive that it did happen, including, including now recently declassified papers, film, um, yes, film from uh, the National Archives. We have all the, the manifest of everyone who was on that ship, the USS Eldridge. We have all of that. So now they can, nobody can say it never happened. It happened because we've got their names, their ranks, their serial numbers. We've got, we've got a man alive today in New Jersey who says that he was part of that. And he hasn't aged since 1940, uh, 46, whatever it was, and not aged a day. Scary. Very scary. Scary. Kind of like this is scary. Take a look at this. Master Fun, I want you to take a look at this one. Me walking. I'm walking. Look. This plane isn't moving. It's not moving. But it sounds like it's moving. You can hear the engine. Alright, everybody sees me walk. You I, I just stopped that for a second. You can hear the engine. Okay. That airplane, by the way, that's a cell phone video outside. There's no way it was altered or compromised. That's a person outside with their phone pointed to the sky at an airplane that is running but not moving. Okay? Let's, I'll show it again. Everybody sees me walking. I'm walking. Just watch. Look. This plane isn't moving. You can see it. You can clearly see it's yeah. not moving. It's not moving at all. And that's a live video because... you. You know, she's recording it live right there, so there is no yeah. altering to that video. Right. Yeah, look at that. It's not moving. Also. But it sounds like people, it's moving. People who have looked at this video said, well, the plane is moving. It's drifting. No, it's not. What you're seeing drifting, folks, are the clouds above that airplane. It's the clouds moving, not the plane. The flag's not moving behind it either. Nothing's moving. It's perfectly stationary. Exactly. Take a listen. Yeah. 
right. Everybody sees me walk. Okay. It's like it's trapped in a wormhole trying to open up or something like that. It's, it's exactly, it's exactly, Amelia. Well, you come up with some good ones sometimes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. They are, I believe, exactly what you said. They are trapped in a wormhole. They are trapped in what's called a paradox. And that's the essence of tonight's show. It's the Mandela Matrix Paradox. And How do these things happen? Why do these things happen? Uh, Why are they not more predominant on media and things? Why is no one talking? I'll tell you why. Because the media wants to distract you with how stupid Joe Biden is. They want to distract you with the shenanigans in Congress. That's a distraction. Purposely designed. Every time you see something happen in Washington, that's a distraction as to what's really going on in the world. Yes, it is. I came across something today that no one, no one wants you to see. But you're going to see it. And you're going to hear it. And you're going to hear it in all its gory, bloody detail. From a nine-year-old girl. Who was forced to eat a baby. I didn't make that up. You just heard those words just came out of my mouth. Okay. And you're not going to hear it from just one nine-year-old girl. You're going to hear it from a 12-year-old boy. And a nine-year-old boy. And a 13-year-old girl. And you're going to hear them name names. Let's take a look at this video. Now that Master Fawn's jaw has hit his floor, take a look at this. Oh, shit. Brandy. I'm going to send it to you. Did I lift it off? Did I go? Oh, shit. Brandy. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, we're seeing it as a helicopter taking off. You see a helicopter taking, doing a vertical lift. There's one problem. If you're listening on radio, say, oh, well, helicopters take off all the time. True. But usually the prop moves. Okay? (laughs) We got a helicopter taking a vertical lift with no prop movement. Yeah. And it's going straight up. The propellers, yeah, they're not even moving on top. I'll show it over and over again. There you go. Oh, shit. Brandy. There you go. Where's it going? How's that work? It's by the way, that helicopter is a police helicopter. That's what I was going to ask you. It's not just any old helicopter. It's a police helicopter, and it's on the street in front of a house across from a parking lot with very, very little room for that prop blade to move. But that helicopter is taking off a vertical lift with no prop movement. I want to know how that's happening with no noise. With no noise. That is stealth. You ain't the only one. That is stealth technology. Okay. What? How did that happen? Wow. It's. And it barely had any really room to even lift at all. It was that rural neighborhood. 
yeah, I'm just speechless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That defies logic and science. How does that work? That's what we do on this show every week after week. We defy logic and science. <laughs> all right. Yep. Am I lying? Please tell me no, if I'm lying. You're not like lying at all. Week. I mean, it's it's a hidden in plain sight. It's right there in front of you. Hiding in week. plain sight. I've got so many you questions. <laughs> let, let, let's just recount. I want to recount for the radio audience what we experienced tonight. We experienced cars crashing into nothing and, and, and suffering severe damage. We witnessed a young boy plucked out of the street from some invisible hand. Okay. We watched a helicopter take off with no rotary blade movement. An airplane in the sky with its engines running, but completely and utterly still, including the flag that it was dragging behind. That, By the way, that's an advertising plane. And they have them here in New Jersey all over the coast. That's where they, they fly up and down Atlantic City, Wildwood. Oh, here the, too. Everywhere. All the beach. Yep, everywhere. Okay, those advertising planes, you can see these big banners behind them. That oh. banner isn't moving. Speaking of advertising, we have a commercial break. We Come do up. right now. I am actually one minute late for my commercial. <laughs> we want to welcome... Our newest, check this out. Sit back and enjoy a word from our sponsor at Shopify. Just wanted to start a business when something surprising happened. Today, I'm going to teach you how to crochet. She started crocheting like a lot and her friends noticed. Jess, you need to sell those. So she signed up for Shopify and started building her business. Yes, I love that. And after a lot of hard work, this happened. Oh my gosh, I just made my first sale! You see, every day, hundreds of businesses get their first sale on Shopify. We got dings! And the next could be you. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life and become your own boss, build it on Shopify. What's Buzz Podcast wants to welcome Radioactive FM 88.6 in Wellington, New Zealand, Radio Perth, Australia, and RTL Radio 102.5 in Milan, Italy. Welcome aboard, and welcome to the Buzz. Do you have sweaty balls or volleyball netty balls? It's time to make them ready balls. The Manscaped.com Lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no-nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for a generous 20% discount. That's enter WRESTLINGFUTURE for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com and wrestling with the future, going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com. And the lawnmower 3.0, your balls will thank you. And so will we. Clean up your balls, fellas. Manscaped.com. <laughs> All right. We are back. 
I am the Mad Dog, joined by the Pitbull and Master Fun. That was a nice little break. Everybody <laughs> take a stretch, grab your coffee. All right, we're back. Um, so, Amelia, mm-hmm. what do you make of all this? The Matrix, the Mandela effect. I, I think that uh, they've been just trying to fool us or trying to get us in a time warp or time loop that trying to make us feel like they have, uh, I don't know, trying to change time, I guess, on us and trying to uh, change things well, that they have uh, maybe messed up on us. And um, I, yeah, I, 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 I see where you're going with that. I will I mean? tell you that um, I will correct one thing that you said. Mm-hmm. And far be it, far be it <laughs> for me to correct you because I hardly ever do that. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I will say that they have, they're not trying to change time on us. They have. They, well, yeah, you're right. Because I, you know, and like Mandela, he died. I believe that the Matrix died again. No. I, I believe that the Matrix, the Mandela effect, I believe the paradigm shift can all be explained by one singular event. One. CERN. That organization is evil to its very core. It's bloody core. And yes, there are a lot there's a lot of blood on those hands. I want to show you the uh, a prelude to a 12-week series Amelia, I, and Master Fawn are doing. Uh, and yes, oh, I said you're, you are part of the 12-week series now. Because I like you and I'm going to keep you here. Uh, I want you to take a look at a this is a very strange unusual uh, I'll just call it unusual video. Okay. Um, Let's just take a look at this. This is a ceremony that took place at CERN. It's all I'm going to say. And I'll let the, I'll let the video speak for itself. Welcome back to part three. Here we have arrived to the out. By the way, have you noticed what their logo is? It's three sixes interwoven. Hidden in plain sight. There you go. Have you also noticed the anarchy symbol in that that logo? The red eyes. That, that triple six logo. Oh, my God. Master Fun, you're pretty good at encryption. Do you see the anarchy symbol there? The letter the anarchy A. Anarchy symbol? Yep. Um, oh, give me a yeah. second. Yes. You yes, see I the do. A. Okay. Yes. Do you also see the symbol for male and female in that that triple six? Amelia does. Yeah, them, they, them, they, whatever they want to call themselves, I guess. No, I guess I don't. Okay. It's intertwined for a them or they. Can I ask a question? Isn't the logo also the actual shape of the device itself? It is. Interesting. Yep. 
No coincidence, by the way. Very interesting, but no coincidence. Take a look. Watch this. I, I alluded to this at the beginning of the show. I said at the end of the show, I was going to show you some disturbing Here. video. Here you, you know go. what else, Angela, before you play, you know what else is weird, too? What's that? They're all wearing orange. Again, that color orange. The color orange is synonymous with Satan. Not red mm -hmm. like people think. Red is synonymous with blood. When you see a high priest or priestess wearing red, that's symbolic that they drink or consume blood in the satanic rites. The color of Satan is orange. Okay? There's no accident that when you're arrested and you're thrown into jail, you're given an orange jumpsuit to wear. Because they are part and parcel of the satanic right. Police organizations are a part of the satanic right. Like it or don't. Want to admit it or don't. I don't really care. It's the truth. Okay. What you need to understand is it's out there for you to discover. Let's watch. Door portion of this ceremony where again the entranced workers are walking in step up a platform towards a large screen. As you can see here, the workers are scaling the rock wall and they are digging a tunnel, it appears, into this wall. As the workers continue to excavate through the rock wall, it doesn't so much appear to be a tunnel. The more I look at it, it seems to be a portal that they've opened. The workers appear to be doing some sort of ritualistic dance to gain access or to have the portal open up for them. Once the portal opens and starts to take effect, the workers start to undress and things start to get a lot. By the way, they are not professional dancers. They are employees of CERN that, you're, that you are actually looking at. They work there. Let's continue. The workers that were digging the tunnel appear to have made a self-sacrifice and hung themselves in the portal. You can see on the screen that the sacrificed workers or the, the workers that committed suicide are spiraling down into abyss, probably the pit of hell. The further they go down, you will see hands reaching for them and clutching for them as they continue to fall. Once the three workers reach the bottom, they were that's the <laughs> that ladies oh. and gentlemen is the opening day ceremony at CERN. That's what you're watching. In case you want to know disturbing thing I've seen all day. Watch. Okay, oh, well, it gets better, brother. Watch this. Return as three spirits that are resurrected or lifted up into the sky. Not only are they lifted into the sky, it looks like the portal is transformed into some sort of eye, an all-seeing eye, perhaps. You can see on the screen the the three ghosts give way to three scarabs. A lot of symbolisms of three in this ceremony. You can see here that the goat man, or Satan, seems to be having some sort of sexual encounter with one of the women construction workers. 
or even a fallen angel perhaps. This just really seems a lot overboard for the opening ceremony to a scientific facility. There's just really got to be more than me. There you heard proof positive verification that this is the opening day ceremony at CERN. Those of you who do not believe what I said, maybe you'll believe the narrator who's there. It's the eye here. I, I would really like to know what their goal is here. As the ritual continues, you will see on the screen the clock seems to be out of control as if they're losing control of time. The large-headed figures, I believe... And there, Amelia Pitbull Chapman, is the answer to your question. <laughs> there is where your time went. ...are to represent the heads of state or politicians that would appear or seem to be in cahoots or directly related to this ceremony or even um, Satan himself. Here we see a lady dressed in red. Again, red symbolizes blood in these type of ceremonies. And in the background, you see the clock that is uh, out of control. This losing control of time scenario. I've had a few people comment on the belief that this CERN machine has pushed us through or forced us into another dimension or an alternate reality. And there you go. Yeah. That lady in red probably represented Beyonce because it looked like her, probably her. It, it was not Beyonce, but I'm glad you mentioned Beyonce. She, by the way, and I'm going to say this on the air, Beyonce was chosen to be the Illuminati queen in the United States. She turned it down. Because of her children or just because she had a conscience? Because of her faith in Jesus, believe it or not. She turned to the good guys, to the good side. Maybe. Yeah, well, I guess the, the good side's convenient. If you realize that being the Illuminati queen comes with a price. Okay? You've seen all those CERN workers paying the price, being hung in effigy, being um, self-sacrificing themselves for the machine. Okay? And then whatever voice was coming. Did you ever hear the expression, a ghost in the machine? Yes. There you go. You just saw it. You're a computer geek now. Okay. Brother, I'm more of a geek than you understand. (laughs) What was Um, scary was that voice or something, whatever it was saying. It was just creepy. Yeah. He was there. Um. Interesting stuff. That's just the tip of the iceberg with CERN. You understand? If they're really yeah. a scientific organization, what the hell was that we just watched? Well, let's let us determine whether, in fact, they are a scientific organization. I don't believe they are. They are in cahoots with more than a hundred world governments. More than a hundred. Okay. They have the approval, don't ask me how, they have the approval of the Pope, the Pope, (laughs) and every other head of religion on planet Earth, which which only goes to to, um, 
to prove my theory that everybody makes a deal with the devil. I don't care who you are. I'm going to show you a video. I was gonna I should I'm gonna show it now. Yeah, I'm gonna show it now. I'm gonna show you a video that's a little disturbing. Um more than what you just did? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to show you why CERN is so evil. Take a look. Is this the city where Satan has his throne? Watch this. This Watch is the city that. where Satan dwells in. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 13, the Bible says, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city, where Satan lives. Well, if you look up the martyr of St. Antipas, you'll see that it was under the reign of Emperor Nero, in a city that is now known as Geneva. And if you're wondering what's in Geneva, you'll find the company CERN, whose main mission is to create the God Particle, attempting to split the veil between the supernatural and natural realm, possibly opening a supernatural portal to the underworld. So Very interesting. Comment your thoughts. Follow for more. Well, what do you think of that? Uh, a lot. <laughs> we do the deep dive on this show, folks. So, um, yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Um, I tell people, Amelia, I'm, I'm not even going to blow my own horn here. Just no, you cannot else. make this shit up, people. He, Angelo does his research, 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 I tell you. And he yeah. even said the word, and the, the narrator even said the word, create the particle. Yeah, yes. I said that. Mm -hmm. I said they were they were out to. What did I say to you earlier? I said they set out to create. Mm -hmm. There was no accident. This was not by chance. This was a deliberate, purposeful, scientific experiment to create the God gene, the God particle. They want. Remember who Satan is. Satan is CERN. Satan lives in the machine. Remember what Satan said from day one. He wanted to be God. Well, now he is. And the world is going in that direction. But when Jesus Christ returns, there will be hell to pay. I just pray that I'm on the good guy team when it happens. Yeah, everybody's going to have to choose sides. And I tell you, it's not going to be pretty if you choose yeah. the other side. There's one more little video to show before we say goodnight to everyone. This is kind of humorous, but it's also quite thought-provoking. This concerns the time in history when icebergs ruled the ocean. Now you'd be lucky to find an iceberg. Let's go back to 1912. This is the Titanic. About the Titanic, that completely changes everything. If you watch the part where Jack saves Rose, he mentions fishing in Lake Wissota as a child. The only problem is that Lake Wissota wasn't created until 1917, five years after the Titanic sank. Lake 
Okay. You understand where we're going here? Yes. You understand where we're going here? No. Lake Wasoda wasn't even created in 1912. How could Jack go fishing with his father in Lake Wasoda when he was a little boy when it didn't exist? My stupid answer to this would be Raider's mistake because the story of Jack no. Well, and my response would be that's a plausible explanation except for the fact that James Cameron, the director of the film, said that this is the most historically accurate accounting of the Titanic sinking ever made because they did painstaking research down to the detail, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. yes. So the Jack continue. story exists? Let's continue. Well, yes. let's see. Later in the movie, he tells Rose he wants to take her on the Santa Monica Pier roller coaster. But that roller coaster didn't exist for another four years. So what does this all mean? Well, the theory is that Jack is a time traveler, sent back specifically to save Rose in this scene. But in doing so, he changed the course of events, which led to the ship hitting the iceberg and sinking. There is a theory. What they're doing is... Jack is both the hero and the anti-hero here. He's both the hero that saves Rose, but he's the culprit that sinks the ship, if you believe the theory. That's where they're going with yes. it. <laughs> yeah, and something about it to do with his uh, suspenders or pants that he was wearing and his backpack that he had wasn't made till like a few years way well, later. Made till years later. <laughs> Another six or seven years, actually, yeah. That's true. A brand that he had. Yeah. The name brand didn't exist. At the time. <laughs> and you're saying we've blown your mind yet. James Cameron is aware of this and actually made the. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that he James Cameron, the director of the film set. And I quote, we went through painstaking detail to make sure that this was the most historically accurate film on Titanic ever made down to the detail. And they went, I mean, even into people's lives, like their favorite food, what they were eating at the table in the movie. The China, uh, everything. The music, mm -hmm. everything, everything. Yeah, to what the ship looked like, to the people that were in, do you know third-class passengers were in the bow of the ship? Steerage. Yeah, they were in steerage, which basically steerage was as as far down as you can go. Yeah, you know. Yes, and even to even though the door that he had her on, he could fit on the door itself, but of course he didn't get on it. Of course, he was meant to die. When that ship hit the iceberg, it hit it. That iceberg opened up that that ship like kind of like a, a can opener it just went zip, cut it like yeah. a knife right like an, a, a hot knife through butter and people in, in the steerage at the very lowest depths of the ship they were the first ones to die because they got the, it was completely flooded the air the, the watertight compartments weren't so watertight they didn't work they're, they're, and they know they didn't work because 
when Cameron went into the Titanic, the doors were still up. Wow. The doors were still up. None of them came down. Wow. They'd not been tested, Master Fon. They'd never been tested because Titanic, according to Bruce Ismay, was unsinkable. God himself could not sink this ship. Guess what? Don't tempt God, okay? Because God brought it down. Not Jack, okay? Yep. He said, not, this is going to be my ship now, so... Yep. Don't tempt fate. Don't well, I'll tempt tell time. you what. This was a hell of a show tonight, Amelia. Yes, it was. We got part two tomorrow night. More Master Fawn will be with us tomorrow night as well. As I he will be for the next... to the whole Titanic for you. Uh, as, there's a theory as... I have for you. Hold, hold on there, Master Fawn, because I'm just telling everybody that you're going to be with us for the next, uh, including tomorrow night, for the next 13 weeks. There you go. You're going to run like a sitcom. 13 <laughs> weeks, baby. <laughs> so, you may ask. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Have you ever heard of the Queen Mary uh, and the exchange that the Titanic wasn't actually even really the Titanic? It wasn't actually the Titanic. It was the Olympic. Not the, okay. not the, not the Queen Mary. The Queen Mary, we know, is in Los Angeles, California. I'm sorry, not Los Angeles. Um, um, yeah, L.A. It's in it's in uh, California. Um, okay, might San Diego maybe, San Diego somewhere. So you've heard that the, the the what we've heard think is the Titanic is not actually the real Titanic. I don't believe, based on the evidence that I have, I believe the Titanic is still with us today. And I believe that it is uh, under the auspices of the Olympic. Okay. I think that is what the current the, belief. Remember, the, the owners of the White Starlin. By the way, I have a friend of mine that I've actually interviewed who lives in Liverpool. I've lived, I, I've uh, interviewed her here on the show. Uh, her name is Debbie Greenberg. She was the owner of the Cavern Club where the, the Beatles began. Uh, White Star Line still operates in Liverpool. And they are very, very, you got to understand, if people are willing to talk to you, it's, it's all crazy. But when people clam up, when you mention the Olympic and the Titanic, then there's a story there. Yeah. When they clam up is when you want to start asking more questions. Because there's a fucking story there. A good story. Yeah, sure is. And I'm not going to stop. (laughs) Well, tomorrow we have the Mandela Effect. And, of course, we have The Matrix Part 2. And on the 15th of May, uh, we're going to have Marcus Cahill, uh, which is a lookalike of John Lennon. Oh, my gosh. He is a John Lennon tribute artist from Australia. And when I looked at his picture, I... I was like, I had to do a second glance because I was like, oh my goodness. I was going to wait till the show, but I could not wait. <laughs> they call him the king of the cavern, having mm-hmm. appeared more than 500 times at the cavern club. Uh, I could not what? wait to yeah. I was gonna wait. And then we have Don Ely coming back to join us that night. Dan Ely, the man who met Paul McCartney, my friend Dan Ely, will be here 
Uh, talking more Beatles, talking about how he met Paul McCartney, how he gave Paul McCartney his uh, beautiful Rickenbacker bass, and that story that he told us about that bass. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next on, I encourage you to listen to the Dan Ely episode, The Man wow. Who Met McCartney. That's interesting. What a hell of a show that was, yes. brother. Great, oh, yeah. great show. A wonderful gentleman by the name of Frank. He's in Houston. That's what we know him Frank by. Frank in Houston. We are going to call him Frank in Houston. Is my other friend that is doing amazing work with the uh, the blind people in Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. getting them food, getting them a getting a, getting them a place to live. Got a bunch of people places mm -hmm. to live. Food on their uh, on their table. Clothes on their back. Uh, gets them out. Takes them on field trips. He has really invested a lot of time and energy uh, into helping people. They just raised, Frank just raised, He just, check this one out. He and a couple of people on TikTok just raised $2,500 to, to send a blind guy to his very first N NFB convention. Now, what is the NFB convention? It's the National Federation of the Blind. Oh. And it's being held. Guess where it's being held, Amelia? In New Jersey. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Oh, my God. I mean, wow. In Frank's hometown. Oh, that's Houston. wonderful. Yeah. I just saw a, a clip of them when they went out to eat. I think it was for St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Frank says, will be here, and we hope he's going to bring Angelo and Adair with him. I believe so. I wish he would have brought Marie, though, because she's funny. When you talk <laughs> to him again, just let him know that we're promoting him on the show. And oh, absolutely. That. Yes. Okay. Master Fun, you have anything to promote? <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to promote for him. Master Fun can be seen every weekly, every Wednesday night at Union Church in the Clementon, New Jersey, pastored by a wonderful young man named Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, along with Pastor Dave. I don't know. Oh, Pastor Dave Watts was is, uh, is the other guy. I call him the other guy. The other pastor. Um, sometimes I think Dave just wants me to shut up because I ask a lot of questions. Nope. No, I like your questions. You ask really deep questions. It's good to Thank ask you. questions. But it's what I do, I this is what I do. I ask but questions. If you if you do have questions or concerns or need someone to talk to, Pastor Steve is a wonderful person to talk to. I, yes, I let me that put right his, his info is always up here. It's Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, Union Protestant Church, and he is at twenty two Naylor Avenue, Clementon, New Jersey, eight five six eight nine six five three three two. Steve sleeps with his phone glued to his hip. He's got his phone. It's always a hand reach away. So you guys, um, if you're out there, you need help, you need spiritual help, you need guidance, you need a place to live, give Steve a call. You need food in your stomach, give him a call. He will get you set up with the right people, the people you need to talk to. Um, he's a great guy. He's one of the, the godliest people I know. And you don't have to be um, from New Jersey to talk to him. You can be from anywhere in the United States. Absolutely. And if you are on the streets and alone and you need a place, 1-800-786-2929, the National Runaway Hotline. We call it the, the Runaway Helpline. 
You can text for help at TXT, the number four, H-E-L-P. That's TXT, the number four, H-E-L-P. Text for help or 800-786-2929. That's the National Runaway Hotline. And if you are in New Jersey and you need help and you're on the streets, you can't get back home, We'll get you back home. Give us a call, 844-912-1291 if you are in North Jersey. If you are in South Jersey, give us a call at 609-348-4070. Oh, I'm sorry. The North Jersey number is 973-621-8705. Again, 973-621-8075. A705 and the text number, if you need the text for help, is 800 912 1291. There is Mr. Fawn. He's back with us again. Good stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. I think we've had a very productive evening Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to say goodnight to everybody for Amelia, the Pitbull, Chapman, for Master Fawn. I am the Mad Dog, Angelo DeCipio. Join me tomorrow night at 7 p.m. where we're going to do it again all over. One more time for the road. Take care, everyone.